This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. A dramatic pause says something without saying anything at all. Feet deserve a go-to like that. Like Hey Do Chews. Light, comfy, good to go to. Dramatic pause. A dramatic pause says something without saying anything at all. Dramatic pause is a go-to for podcasters, presidents, and radio voiceovers. It makes you look really smart, even if you're not. Feet deserve a go-to like that. Like Hey Do Choose. Light, comfy, good to go to. Welcome to Cardiff Talk. I am Russ Goldman, a co-host with me today is Emilio Danella. This is our post-match show of the 2-0 loss for Fulham against Crystal Palace at Craven College on Saturday. We have a lot to talk about in this match, and we will in just a second. But before I do anything, I have to welcome my co-host back to the show. I just talked to you yesterday after the match. How are you doing, Emilio? Hi there, Russ. Hi there. Good to... Uh... Good to be back. Yeah, good to be back for the first show of the season for, uh, and obviously uh, first game in our Premier League campaign. So, yeah, it's good to reflect on the disappointing defeat yesterday. But, you know, it's first game, you know, new league, new challenge, new players. You know, it's, it's not all doom and gloom. It's, it's first game. I think we've got a lot of positive things to talk about today. Absolutely. So let's uh, forward to doing it today. I look forward to going into more detail about this match and, you and I and Joe Tivey did the uh, full-time show, which was just about 16 minutes long, and I got your initial reaction. So I'm just going to ask you, I want to know your opening thoughts, and are they any different than they were yesterday? Not really, no. I've seen, I've, I haven't seen the game in full, the replay, but I've seen you know, some significant highlights, seen some you know, mini replays here and there, and my thoughts are the same. You know, we, you know, we had a very, very strong... 30, 35 minutes, we, we hurt them, we hurt Palace. The only thing I said yesterday, and I haven't changed my view, is that we didn't score a goal. But 
you know, Roy Hodgson, as he does best, kept the team very organised. They started imposing themselves towards the latter end of the first half. They up, they went up a couple gears, and we seemed to struggle. We lost our shape, and to be honest, you know, you know, it's, it's early warning, a slight early warning sign, but you know, it's two nil. You know, we lost two nil. Come to be lost two nil in the end, and you know, we've got some time to reflect, some time to rebuild. We've got a lot of good players. We've, we've got we've still got to join the team and start playing for us in the next few weeks. So. We've got to look up, not down. So I'm looking forward to the next few months and let's not get too downbeat after this up. But nothing's changed my view. I thought best team won yesterday and uh, let's let's refocus on the Tottenham game next week and the subsequent games after that. I hear you, Emilio. Listen, I watched back the match again for a second time. I want to see if I saw anything else. It's funny because I noticed some things that you said during the full-time show. We were talking about Joe Bryan and some of the passing that he did probably in the championship, I noticed he was trying to do at a Premier League level and he wasn't able to do. So that's the learning curve. That's, I think, where you were going on that. So that was something that I picked up that was a little bit different watching it back a second time. I still think Joe Bryan was fine, and I I think the performance overall was uh, decent. Unfortunately, the result wasn't good. And uh, basically everything I watched the first time was emphasized, and, of course, I picked up a few other things. But I'm not down. I actually see... A lot of encouraging signs. And, you know, this is the way I'm looking at it. If that's the way they look on game one, imagine when we are, say, game 10, when these players have played a great deal. And, oh, by the way, we're going to be having a few additions to the squad that one is injured, one is still coming to us, that uh, signed he still needs to uh, come to the club. So we're still in the process with that. So we're going to have two more additions. So this team isn't the finished product. And if this is the first step, of a team playing a team, a Roy Hodgson team, and you lost, but you didn't embarrass yourself and you actually showed glimpses of what you can be. That's what I got out of it, Amelia. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's, um, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we, it was, you know, all these last minute signings, you know, all the players cobbled together last this all minute. takes time. They've had very little time, if any, to, to, to train together, to work on tactics, formation. So, Inevitably, there are going to be a few few mistakes. It's you know you're always a little bit rusty at the beginning of the season. So you know the more games these guys play, the more settled we'll become. You can see our passing at times look very very strong, very confident, and very That's fluent and very quick. So there's some there's some good signs there. But you know, I think once we get all our you could argue the the expected regular starting eleven players to be fit and ready, then we might see that you know the, the team going to the next level. But you know. It's, there's a lot of encouraging signs there, so let's not get too downbeat. But it's no. it's always disappointing to lose your first game of the season, whatever level you play at. So, um, but yeah, let's let's you know, we, we, don't forget we're playing an established Premier League team now. We a are team that's been there for a few seasons, and a manager who's got them to play to their strengths and very organised and very structured, just like he did with us seven eight years ago. So we shouldn't be surprised. No. Okay, Emilio. What's interesting now is that we're going to be talking about. Some of the comments from both managers, it's very interesting what Roy Hodgson had to say and also Savisa, but I feel better now after I read these uh, comments from Roy Hodgson, and I'm going to read, read them in the section where calling what the manager said after the match. And uh, I've got these quotes from Football Doll London from both managers. So let's start with Roy Hodgson. This is what Roy had to share. He was asked, how pleased are you, Roy, with the result? if not maybe the performance in the first 30 minutes, but you got better after that. Here is what Roy Hodgson 
had to say. Quote, I would agree with that. We didn't certainly start the game well, but that was largely due to the fact that Fulham did start the game very well. They started with enormous tempo and moved the ball very well. They were very sharp and quick in the tackle and made it very difficult for us to move the ball through the middle. But I thought we got better and better as the game wore on, and of course, a goal helps with that. And we put them on the back foot rather than the front foot, and we did much better. But I would think that Savisa is not unhappy with how his team actually played, but he will have been unhappy with the result, of course, just as we are happy with the result. We scored two very good goals, and we needed a goalkeeper in good form to ensure we got all three points. Okay, those are the comments from Roy Hodgson after the match. I think they're telling. And uh, I like what he had to say. Like I said, it made me feel a little bit better after hearing it from someone that I respect a great deal, telling the press, basically, that, uh, you know, again, that Fulham played fairly well in that and. And that Savisa, you know, again, shouldn't be unhappy with the performance. I'm paraphrasing, unhappy with the result. What, what are your thoughts about these quotes from uh, Roy Hodgson? Um, well, first and foremost, a big, big applause to all our fans. You know, we called Roy's name out within 10 minutes. You know, we, you know there was a big standing ovation before the game. And 10 minutes into the game, we all shouted for Roy. So he, he applauded the fans in acknowledgement of that. So that's a good, that's a you know, positive thing there. Um Yes, yeah, so what Roy said is, is very much what I said straight after in the full-time you know, reaction yesterday before I heard what he said to the press, that we did were the better side for the first 30 minutes. We, we did press Palace and we did stretch them. We played good one-touch football, but you know, we, we lacked that goal. And you know, then they did get slowly into the game. But you know, we seemed to not take us foot, you know, go back a gear maybe. You know, of that first pulsating 30 minutes... We sort of went down a couple of levels. Our pace sort of slowed down. Our, you know, our passing wasn't as fluid. And that was coincidental. Crystal Palace getting the upper hand. And maybe maybe I'm not giving Palace enough respect. And maybe, you know, the fact that we sort of got pushed back a little bit more and we sort of slowed the temper down a little bit. It's thanks to the ta- tactics from Roy and the, their players getting on top and stretching us defensively. And to be honest, it was no surprise when they did score. It feels like it was a sucker punch. But, but sometimes when you've got good movement, good finishing just takes one chance and you, you know, score. We had plenty of chances and we didn't bury those. So we paid the price for maybe failing in front of goal. Um, but ultimately, what Roy said is very fair. We were the better team. But to be honest, the last 60, 65 minutes of the game, you know, there was really only one team in it. We had a few long range shots, a few opportunities, possibly a penalty to shout that went against us. But other than that, you know, Roy, should be, should, Roy should be pleased that they came away with a 2-0 win. But Slavisa will take the positives rather than the negatives here and, and then reflect on those areas of improvement for next week. Right. Now, listen, I, I agree with all that. And uh, that's why I wanted to read these uh, quotes because, uh, listen, his team played very well. He was, again, complimenting Fulham. And uh, I do appreciate that because it kind of matches up what I watched, what you, what you saw there. But, um, Full credit to him, and, uh, you know, it's very interesting what he had to share. I'm glad that he also mentioned the goalkeeper, Hennessy, because I thought he played very well. So it, it was nice to, to share that as well. But I'm now going to read some quotes from Savisa after the match. This is also from London, and uh, this section of, in the article with all the quotes is assessment of the game. This is what Savisa had to share. What are your thoughts here, Emilio? Quote, I believe we created something – and at the end, the keeper made a few great saves. 
it's a shame because we wanted to start the Premier League with a positive result, but we show some positive things, and of course, we need to improve in many things. We tested this level, and we feel this is our first real test to play in this competition, and we find more power, more speed, and more quality. We played against one, one of the Premier League teams. They know how they want to play, and these players on the front, Benteke, Zaha, and Townsend, too. They make some kind of the difference, and another part of the team is strong, fast, and organized, and we must adapt ourselves for this level. I find these quotes interesting because he talks about power, speed, and quality, and that's what we saw from Palace, and, uh, and that's something that they need to adjust to. This isn't the championship. I think that's what he's spelling out. That's what I got out of this, Amelia. Yeah, and I think that's that again. That's fair, but we take the first thirty minutes. We were doing that. You know, we were attacking in numbers. Our passing was quick. Sherlock was making some beautiful runs. His his his, his link up play with Seri and Mitrovic was was very good. And that's when we were our most dangerous. You know, and then we'll reflect on that shortly when we go into more of the detail of the game. But right. when Sherlock wasn't making those darting runs, especially you know drifting right, looking for the ball, and, you know, to, you know. He, his experience there was there to be seen for everyone. I think we've got some, you know, some, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing Scherler play this, this, this season. If he continues to play like he did for the first 30 minutes, but our passing slowed after that. And that's, that's the thing that worried me. Second half, we looked very pedestrian. We did look like a championship team. We were sort of passing it sideways. It's no surprise that we, we've got the most passes in of all the teams in the, in the, in the first game of the season. But again, we didn't score. So that's, that's the same old theory. A lot of passing, a lot of sideways moves, but at the end of the day, we we had no cutting edge, and that that's that's one worrying sign there, you know. We, but you know, we did you know, Hennessy did make some good saves, but they, they were fairly comfortable saves from long distance. Um, but equally, he still got to make those saves. But, saves. Yeah, exactly. And I think at the end of the day, you know, when we were passing quick, making good runs, good movement, there was some good width. Final ball at times lacked um, from our fullback, especially from Christie. But there were some balls that Christie put into the penalty area in the six-yard box. Nobody there to finish it. And where, you know, where was Mitrovic and where was Sessegnon on there? Sessegnon last season would have scored two or three times, you know, from, in the back post. But yesterday, the amount of balls that went begging in that far post, no one there to, to knock it in the back of the net. So it's it was a game of like two halves, really. Right. Intensity first 35 minutes, but then very pedestrian for the rest of the game. Oh, very good there, my friend. All right, very interesting stuff. Let's move on. Let's just talk briefly about this. Thoughts on the starting 11? I was going back and forth on this. Before the match, I was thinking it could go one of two ways. Either he was going to start Joe Bryan and that Sessignon would be further up the pitch, or he was going to have Sessignon at left back and Kamara would start. That's what, that's what I thought was going to happen. One of the two situations. I was happy with the starting 11. How about you, Emilio? Yeah, yeah, no surprises there. When I did the interview with BN Sports um, yesterday morning, um, the live recording, um, this was exactly the lineup I, I, I suggested that I thought would play. So no surprises there. Um, you know, there's a lot of speculation about whether Bettinelli was going to start, but I think the fact that he hasn't played in preseason that's that's quite telling. Um, so no surprises. But are these are going to be some of our regular starting eleven week in week out when everyone's fit? All the players have had time to settle in. Maybe not. Maybe yesterday there were some suggestions there to say that maybe this won't be our regular starting eleven if everyone is fit. But you know, overall, first game of the season, the, the guys did well in considering. And but no surprises there with the lineup, though. 
Okay, excellent there, my friend. All right, let's go to, through the key moments in the first half, and we're going to focus on, say, the first 30 to 40 minutes, and then I'm just going to go to you to talk about some of these, uh, what stands out to you. Let's start off early on. Foam came out on the front foot, and first big moment was in the fourth minute. You have the shot by Christie. Actually, it was, a, it was a nice shot by him. I like the fact that he t- took a shot a little bit from distance, wasn't afraid to take a shot. That's followed up in the 13th minute. You have the shot by Mitrovic. That's set up by Sherwood. That's saved by Hennessy. And then uh, a little bit later on, again, Emilio, you have another shot by Mitro that is once again saved by Hennessy. I believe that there were three opportunities for Mitro that Hennessy saved all three of them. And there were two in the uh, majority of the first half that we're talking about here. So here are the key moments you've already talked about. You thought Fulham were very good in the first 30 minutes. So what stands out to you from some of these key moments and just the overall play here? Um, certainly the way we just, you know, went at Palace right from the off, right from the way that you, there was there was belief in the crowd, on the pitch. The players were up for it. Um, and that was, you know, clear. We, you know, we, we, were, we were attacking in numbers. Um, Christie's long-range shot after about three or four minutes, that, that, that surprised everybody. That was... I think we've seen more attempts on goal in one game from Christie than we have from Fredericks in two or three seasons. So it's, uh, but, uh, but yeah, that was that was that was a pleasant surprise there. But it was, you know, Hennessy save. Um, you know, I think it was Mitrovic's first opportunity when there's a bit of the, the ball bobbled and maybe there were signs to suggest you know Mitrovic's hold up play great the way you know the, the, the way he invites other players the way he brings players into into play. His link-up play fantastic, but you know when Newcastle fans bemoaned him is in front of goal, and you know that that's I won't say a scuff shot, it's a bit of a mini scuff shot when he could have done better, yep. but the ball bobbled, and then he missed a free header. You, you've got to hit the target in those opportunities. Big man, yep. he rose well, he didn't hit the target. You may only get one of those opportunities in the Premier League, and you've got to take it. So you saw the strengths of Mitrovic, but you also see some of the weaknesses there that is maybe his finishing needs to improve if we're going to. You know, be successful in this division. So, there were key moments. Um, I think Scherler's running off the ball and fantastic. You know, making lots of darting runs, beautiful touches. Seri started growing into the game. A slow start for him, but after about 10, 15 minutes, he started showing up what you know what what capabilities he's got. You know, a junior version of Kante for Chelsea. So, um, you know, good one touch, good technical ability. Always looking to go forward, but him. Scherler, Kenny, and Midri all linking up very, very well. There's yep. times they were playing like in a triangle format, and that's where we were at our strongest now and where we looked most dangerous. But it's when we got pushed back and pegged back, that's when things started to change. And it was at the point that Scherler wasn't making those darting runs and wasn't looking as energetic and as confident that we started to lose our shape somewhat. And that's when we got pulled back. And then, you know, we, we conceded towards the latter end of the first half. But Great, great opportunities there, but you've got to take your chance at this level. That's, right. that's, that's my biggest, biggest criticism of the first 30 minutes. Done all the right things except for to score a goal. That's a great point, Emilio. And that's ex- exactly what I was thinking watching this. I, I, I was very encouraged by this. In fact, I was saying to myself, okay, we can play at this level. That's what I was saying in those early stages of that first half. We can play against a disciplined team like this, move the ball around, create opportunities we can play at this level. And again, this is early on in foam coming together. I'm thinking these are great signs. But then we also saw the flip side that we saw last season, we've seen in the championship. And you, Again, it's just going to hurt you even more at the Premier League level. You have to be clinical. And if you're not clinical, you 
can get burnt and Fulham got burnt twice. And that was the difference in the match. And again, this is a team that is just waiting for you to make mistakes. That's the way it felt, Emilio, especially that first goal. It's it really, it's not that it came out of nowhere, but I always felt because there were a couple of opportunities prior from Crystal Palace that they were going to be dangerous on the counter. They were going to get their opportunities. Would they be clinical? And the answer is, unfortunately, yes. And that's going to lead me now to go to the goal in the 41st minute that was actually set up by Patrick Van Anhalt. Got the ball to um, Jeffrey Schlupp, and he got it past uh, Fabri, you know, right in the top corner there. And uh, I want to get your thoughts. We talked about this on Cottage Talk full-time. Have you changed your view on this since you've seen it, or do you still feel the same way? Yeah, I think... If we take a step back and actually reflect on the earlier chance that Mitrovic had, it was similar. There was a similar. It was Seri to Scherler to Mitrovic. The ball bobbled and we didn't. And the ball just was just a sort of yep. soft save by the keeper. Palace, same quick movement. Patrick Van Anholt gave us a lot of promise throughout the game. He was he was very impressive for them. It was. Their movement was quick, similar to the way we played in that first 15, 20 minutes. You know, we didn't we didn't bury the ball in the back of the net. Their finishing was a little bit more sublime, but equally. Defensively, Chambers got turned a little bit too easily in in that moment, and then you know the finish was great. You know, let's let's, let's give Palace some credit. The finish was good, and you know I think it's, I, I wouldn't blame Fabry. I've seen a lot of criticism towards Fabry there, but I think I think it's a little bit harsh. To be honest, I just think good, quick movement, quick passing. Chambers a little bit too slow. Yep. Direct finish, bang back of the net, one nil. Good finish. Right. You know we'd be proud to score a goal like that. To be honest, so. Um, <laughs> But let's give the opposition some credit. I just think at Absolutely. the end of the day, it, it was, was a great goal. goal, a very Roy Hodgson type of goal. Yes. You know, organized, but when they had to play it quick, they played it to feet, made some space for themselves, got past our defender and shot on target. If you do that, you have an opportunity to score. Yep. And that's what they did. So, um, but they were coming into the game. Now, they were. Was that a surprise that it was, you know, they, they looked more dangerous. They were getting stronger and stronger as a, as a sec, as the first half wore on. So, yep. to be honest, it wasn't a surprise that they actually got a goal. Okay, excellent there, my friend. All right. And just a few minutes later, thankfully, Patrick Van Anhalt was offside because I thought it was 2-0 at that point, which would have been horrible. But he was offside. Mm. It was clearly offside. So the half ends 1-0. And uh, you're at the half. You're with... Our friend Joe Tyvey, and um, what's going through your mind, Emilio, at halftime? Um, you know, it's it probably to be honest, it it was the right time for the, the half to end in a funny way. We, we we lost our heads the last ten minutes. We, were, you know, Palace stepped up a couple of gears. They took, you could argue, a, a, you know, a deserved lead. Um, we looked, we looked a little bit shapeless. Our heads had dropped somehow. So I think it was the right time to get the players off the pitch. You know, the, we dominated for long spells, didn't score, but I thought we had enough strength on, on the bench to say, well, let's get at them second half. We got out, we got out on the pitch a couple of minutes before the Palace players did. We were, we were all psyched up, up for it. But unfortunately, you know, we didn't see the, the performance in the second half. We just looked very pedestrian. And, and I said it on the full-time show yesterday. It felt, you know, when you're a championship team, at the top of the table in the third round of the FA Cup at home against an established Premier League with the expectation and hope that you can qualify for the fourth round. That's what it felt like. It felt like Fulham were going well in the Championship in January. 
and playing a, a, a sort of a mid-table Premier League team, knowing that we're good enough to beat them. We started off, you know what these teams do, they start off very well with 30 minutes, but just didn't quite have enough there to, to take the lead. And then the quality started to come out from the established Premier League team. Yeah. They scored a goal and they dominated for the rest of the night. That's what it just felt like. It just felt it was a FA Cup third round tie at home against a Premier League team with a chance of beating them. But we just didn't quite have enough in the tank to beat them. That's what it felt like. Okay, excellent. Emilio, I jotted down the halftime stats. I want to get your thoughts on them because uh, I do find them a little bit interesting. Let's start with total shots. Fulham had eight to four for Crystal Palace. On target, Fulham had three. So did Crystal Palace. Possession was 67% to 33% in favor of Fulham. Total passes were 377 to 188 in favor of Fulham. And passing accuracy, this is something that we looked at a great deal in the championship. I looked at this figure. It's a pretty high figure, 90% passing accuracy. But here's an interesting figure as well. Crystal Palace were at 78%, so they had decent passing accuracy as well. What stands out to you from the halftime stats? Do they tell you anything about the first half? Yeah, again, you know, we dominated for 35 minutes. So that three quarters of that first half, we dominated. So that doesn't surprise me that we had the most possession and the most, you know, most passes. But passes don't win games. Possession doesn't win games. You know, it's, it's, you know, you've got to be ruthless in front of goal in the Premier League. And um, that's the key thing here, you know. You, we can play as beautiful football as much as we like. We can pass it around the pitch, front to back, left to right. But it's goals that win you games. Um, yes. And unfortunately, you know, we, we just weren't clinical enough yesterday. But it's only the first game of the season. We, we will get better. We will learn from that. But, you know, when you do get the, the odd chances here, and what, what we'll also find out, we won't get t- dozens of chances to score. You only get a handful of chances. And sure. you've got to make those count. And that's, Absolutely. you know, yesterday we didn't. And, you know, we've got to learn from that. Totally agree there, my friend. All right, let's uh, go to the second half, and uh, let's just start here because uh, I was expecting Fulham to come out strong in the second half. I was, and uh, it was the exact opposite. Crystal Palace came out very strong in the first 15 minutes of the second half. So they they were creating opportunities. They were dangerous, Emilio. This surprised me, but when I thought about it afterwards, I think Roy Hodgson had a few words with his players because they – looked like a different side. I guess you could say that they continued how they ended the first half into the second half. Talk about what you saw at the beginning of the second half, those first 15 minutes. Yeah, absolutely. You know, they, you know, I thought we'd, you know, a few moments ago, I thought we'd come out determined, right. go down, they, they, you know, get a, get an early equalizer, then we can go on and win this game. But we offered very little. We were very pedestrian. Our passing palace was always first to the ball. But you know, their their passing was more direct. Yep. They were quick. Our defence looked very stretched. You know, we you didn't see um, Christie coming forward as much as he did first half. Uh, Joe Bryan, you know, a, a, a comp, you know, competent debut, but yep. he was playing long ball championship style kicks and all that. You know, that's you know not good enough really. And you know, we were conceding a few fouls. You know, Seri, you know, you know, some good passing, but equally we were giving the ball away too cheaply. And you know, at the end of the day, it's we just we were going too much sideways. We were too slow. You know, I saw some of the replays on the on the terrestrial TV yesterday, and they were saying exactly the same thing. You know, in the middle of the park, we've got to get the ball up to Mitrovic a lot quicker. You know, we just, you know, Kearney, McDonald, Seri, you know, nice, simple passing. You know, that increased our possession rate and our uh, passing rate, but the ball wasn't getting forward quick enough. We weren't pushing up on the flanks. 
Sessegnon again, not getting the space and joy that he was getting in the championship. This new level, new experience for him as well. So he'll learn and develop over the course of the season as well. So what what was quite clear is there's a big gulf between the two divisions. And, yeah, yes. and it was quite clear, you know, for an established team and they were stamping their authority and looked the most likely to score a second goal. Totally agree. They looked confident and comfortable. Mm. Those are the two words that stand out for me, especially those... Without being spectacular, without being spectacular no. either. I don't, I don't think Palace went out of third gear, really, yet no. they won 2-0. So that's just some warning signs from our players. But let's just you know, let's let's take everything into perspective. You know, Absolutely. we lost against a, a established Premier League team, but you know, it's it, we can't play pedestrian-style football. We've got to get the ball up to our forwards quicker, and we've got to link up better. And I think as soon as Sherlock, like I said earlier, as soon as Sherlock started stopping doing those runs, mazy runs. We offered, we had no, there's no other, there was no other options there. We weren't getting the ball up to Mitrovic. He was like, he was a low man up there, poor guy, you know, you know isolated and marked, man marked by two defenders. So we had no other, no way to respond to that. That's a very good point there, my friend. All right. Let's now talk about a little controversy and uh, very interesting. We did not talk about it on the full-time show. I knew I wanted to talk about it on the post-match show because I wanted you to get a, a view of it when we came and talked about it on the post-match show. Very interesting situation. 60th minute. I'm just going to ask you outright. Was this a, a penalty on Andre Sherl? What are your thoughts on it? I know that you've watched it now at the ground. What were yeah. your thoughts then? And, and what do you think now after watching a replay of it? Yeah, at the ground, it was at the other end of the pitch. And, I didn't see much appeal from the Fulham, Fulham players. No. That, that suggests to me maybe it wasn't a conclusive penalty. But looking at the replays, it, it's not one of those stonewall. I don't think it was a stonewall penalty. You, you look at it from the different angles, it was probably 60 70% in favour of a penalty and 30% there's a, maybe a question mark. So it's, when the referee's only got the f- moment to look at it, he was only six yards away. So to be honest, he had a good, he had a good he view did, of it. He had a good view of this. I don't think it was as conclusive as it could have been. You know, I've seen some given for that and some not given. I've seen less less challenge given than that in the past. So it's one of those ones. Maybe we're a little bit unlucky, but to me, it didn't feel like a hundred percent Stonewall penalty. You know, and uh, we could, would VAR have given the decision over? Right, I think it would have taken several attempts to be honest. VAR was in place because it it wasn't as dot conclusive as it could have been. But if anything, it was six probably sixty five seventy percent in favour. But I wouldn't, you know, I. You know, I wouldn't want to be a referee in that position because I think it was, it was a difficult call. Okay, very interesting. And uh, Tony Gale on the broadcast I was watching said that it was, but his partner that was actually doing the play-by-plays, we would say here, wasn't sure about it. So, and that also might be, you know, what what's going on here? Was it conclusive? I thought it was, but you think differently. And like I said, I think others think that it is and you know is it a hundred percent i don't know but it's just an interesting part of the match because obviously it would change a great deal but that doesn't change an excuse for for losing the match i want to be perfectly clear about this because what drives me crazy with any sports team is they point to what could have happened palace deserved to win the Mm. game penalty or no penalty emilio i want to make that clear do i do i think that Fulham should have been awarded it yes but Palace deserved the victory. I don't want to take anything away from their victory because it drives me crazy when that happens, when you hear fans and, and media people trying 
to say, well, if this happened, what if this happened? No, what if? Palace were the better team. I do think though it was a penalties, but it was yeah, not. Nothing, it's not. Or, it's not conclusive or hundred percent. I think you know the referee. You don't is, give it. He's not. If you don't give minds, it. I, I don't think he will give it. I don't think he can yeah. give it. Yeah, and yeah. and that was the argument by the other announcer was, uh, you know, he he would have given it if it was conclusive because he had a good view. That that was his thoughts. I'm paraphrasing that it needs to be a hundred percent, like you just said. All right, my friend. Let's move on. Let's talk about. Couple of moments, uh, just, just a few moments later, Fabri made a, a, a nice save on, on a Zaha shot. Then you have the header from Mitro in the 64th minute. After that, you have uh, Joe Bryan coming off and Vieto coming on. Unfortunately, Joe Bryan went off injured. He tried to go on. He went down one time and unfortunately went down a second time, then was taken off. And uh, just a few minutes later, in the 75th minute, you have a shot by Benteke. And then you have a couple of minutes later, Kamara having a shot. That leads up, my friend, to the 80th minute. And let's talk about the goal by Zaha. And this is, you know, and I said this on the full-time show, this was a, a great job by the fullback for um, Crystal Palace, who just kept going, actually went past Ryan Sessegnon and got the ball to Zaha. And then you have Fabri come out. And it looked like, you know, again, he just took advantage of, the, of that opportunity that was in front of him. And uh, it's a goal, and it's 2-0. But I, I want to get your thoughts on this, if, if you had a good view of this now with the replay. Let me ask you this, because I think it was a, a huge mistake for Fabri to go out. What happens if he doesn't go out? Do you think he might save this? Yeah, I think even before that, about three or four minutes before that, he sort of came out of the penalty area and, and got, you know fluffed his lines there as well. So he got away with murder there. But, you know, in he his defence, you know, he... Saves in you know the first three quarters of the game as well. So there was you know let's let's be very frank. Yes. You know it was a bit of a howler yesterday. You know that you shouldn't have done a Claudio Bravo though and come out for that ball. There was no need to. I thought I thought the defenders were stretching and pushing Zaha out and pushing him out wide. So I think the angles would have been a lot more narrower and more challenging for him to score from that distance if he stayed on his goal line. So I don't think there was any any need for him to have come out, but. You know, these, this is the first time the goalkeeper and the defenders are playing with each other. So that communication, that rapport, that connection is not there. No, he didn't give the call. The defenders, you know, probably didn't expect him to come out for the ball. So it's just a bit of a catalogue of disasters. But, you know, we'll learn from that. You can see why um, Jokanovic likes Fabry, because he likes to throw the ball out quickly. Yep. Like, just reminds you of Claudio Bravo with Pep Guardiola a couple of seasons ago. Sure. You know, the same type of player, likes to get the ball, but he, He'll make some great saves. He'll make some howlers. I think we have to expect that if he's going to be our regular starting keeper. But there was no need for him to do that. It was suicidal. And, you know, he gave little option other than for Zaha to score a simple goal. But, yeah. you know, we'll learn from that. Absolutely. You, can't, you can't do this at this level. You, no. you know, we are Man City where you need a stupid goal and score another three or four. We won't, we won't have that luxury. So, <laughs> every, you know, we need to keep as many clean sheets as we possibly can and, those sort of howlers are not going to do us any favours. But I think it would have been 50-50 from Zaha to score from there because I think he was well well marshalled and we had two people around him. So it, it would have been he would have had to score an excellent goal to, to, to from that position had Fabry set on his goal line. Okay, excellent there, my friend. At that point, unfortunately, uh, it was going to be very difficult for Fulham to even get a point down 2-0 against this team, this disciplined team. They did have an opportunity from Sessegnon a little bit later on. And then you have another save by Fabri 
in uh, stoppage time. You have a you have a save by Fabre, but the match ends two 0 and fortunately, uh, it does not go Fulham's way. It's very disappointing. How are you and Joe feeling right after the match? Um, yeah, didn't actually disappointed, but you know. Th- First reaction was let's let's take the positives, you know, from all the games. So we've got the you know these young players, new players, all coming together last minute. You know, there there were some encouraging signs there, but this was a, a very early reminder that the Premier League is a different beast, different kettle of fish to the Championship, and you know the, you're not going to maybe put a, put away a you know a defeat and then come back the next day and and, and win against a team at the top of the table. So the Championship is more unpredictable. I think the, the Premier League is more predictable. Um, so, you know, at the end of the day, what we'll have to do is, is learn from this. And disappointing, I think, yesterday, the substitutes. You know, Kamara, as much as we like his energy, is flaring it. He's had a good preseason. Other than the incident with Zaha towards the end of the game, didn't really offer much. His, his touch was very, very poor at times. You know, is he a, a Premier League player? Question mark. You know, but he's been 12 months ago. Who would have thought Kamara would start a Premier League game or come on as a substitute? You know, that was never in a million years, but he's developed and matured. But you saw some of these weaknesses there. You know, maybe he's not he's not quite ready for this level. Vieta came on. Don't think he did anything of note either. So so that's another got enough depth on the bench. So two substitutes that were made offered very little when they came on. Um, Joe Bryan, unfortunately, had an injury. So but he, he looked fairly composed, but not but unspectacular as well. Um, and he was in a lot of pain when he actually said the F word when he went down for a second time. So he, he screamed the F word right in front of me, knowing that he's, oh, had a, he's had an injury. And that could be a lengthy injury, to be honest, which is disappointing. But overall, you know, we came out, me and Joe and others left the ground, not disheartened, just saying, well, we're fortunate and grateful that we're in the Premier League. We're going to have more difficult games to play against bigger teams, but there'll be teams that we're capable of winning. And if we start to get more confidence, start to be, you know, start playing the ball quickly and get it ball into Mitrovic early and be more clinical in front of goal, then we can, we, we can start picking up some points. But this is just a gentle reminder. We're in the Premier League, different beasts, different kettle of fish. Absolutely there. Totally agree with you. All right, Emilio, I'm now going to go to full-time stats to see what they tell us here. So let's go to the stats. And let's start with total shots. Fulham had 14, Crystal Palace had 10. On target, Fulham had 6, Crystal Palace had 9. So that's that's 90% on target. That's very good. Mm. Possession, 67% to 33% for Fulham. That basically stayed the same. Total passes, 658 to 336 in favor of Fulham. Here's an interesting side. Corners were even at 5 apiece. Passing accuracy for Fulham, 88%. So it did not drop off that much, but... Like you had mentioned, the passing wasn't as crisp as maybe it was earlier in the match, but the accuracy was fairly similar. And uh, Crystal Palace was at 74%. Fouls, 11 for Crystal Palace and 9 for Fulham. Okay, my friend, what stands out to you from the full-time stats? Probably the same as the first half. You know, at the end of the day, you, domin- you know, dominated in when it comes to possession, as you'd expect. You know, you know, you'd expect to dominate games at home. Possession was high, but you know, but we didn't score any goals. Um, Crystal Palace, you know, had less shots overall, but more on target. And that's that's a, that's a telling statistic. But let's be very let's be clear as well, Fabriola. But 
if you know they had 90% of their shots on target, you know, Fabry made some good saves. The, the score could have been a lot more, could have been three or four nil on another day. So I think let's give let's applaud our goalkeeper for being in the right place, making some good good confident saves, which is that's encouraging signs. Yet he he did make a howler. So that just exactly reminds me of how Claudio Bravo played for Man City a couple of years ago, the spectacular and the unspectacular in the same game. But but the, the positives there for me is if we can hold ourselves at home, you know, keep the ball. If we can just play a little bit crisper, quicker, more direct. And final ball at time. Final ball was poor. You know, Christie, some balls in the danger area, no one to punish in the, in the back of the net. Other times, his crossing was abysmal. So um, we need to work on that. But I think this, the key thing is get the ball up to Mitrovic early and be more direct. Sideways passing isn't going to get you very far in this division. Okay, excellent there, my friend. All right. Let's now go to Friends of Foam, our friends at Friends of Foam. Did a poll, man of the match, and I'm going to read the result of the man of the match. And then there's some very interesting comments underneath this post, and I'm going to read them as well. And we're going to talk about because uh, really good stuff from the people that go on Friends of Fulham, and I'm there every day, so I see this stuff. And uh, I think the uh, poll numbers and the uh, who won the poll is not going to be a surprise. So I'm just going to share that with you. It is Sari. There were 258 votes, Emilio. He got 110 of them, 42.6%. The only person that's close to him would be Callum Chambers with 10.9% and 28 votes. And then um, and then you're looking at Joe Bryan after that with 24 votes and 9.3%. So that's the way it's looking. So before I go to the comments, your thoughts on the poll results. Um, no surprise there for me. No, I, you know, hands down, Seri was the, our best player by country mile yesterday. You know, he, he's going to be an immense talent for us. I think, I think we've got some very exciting uh, months ahead of us watching this guy play. He, that's the most competent debut performance I can remember in living memory, to be honest. So if anyone's listening to this show, wants to come on, on Twitter or Facebook and let us know who else had a more confident debut than Seri in recent seasons. Please let me know because, you know, I can't, I'm scratching my head. He was, you know, he's, that's, that's his first game. Then we've got a lot of, there's a lot of promise there. His players, players turned down other big club moves to come to us. So, you know, he's going to be exciting to watch. Um, you know, to be honest, I thought Sherla had a, like I've said it a few times in this show, I, you know, 30 minutes, Sherla was, was lively. He was exciting. His passing was beautiful. His movement was great. As soon as he stepped off the gas, coincidentally, so did we. So did the whole team. So there's there's an avenue there, I think, with Sherlock. If he starts, he starts to get more fitness and maybe get more confident, um, he he will be a danger. and He will be very creative and create a lot of assists for our, our forwards. But, you know, Chambers second, I'm not, I'm not too sure about that. You know, I thought I'd be a little bit critical that he was at fault for this first goal, in my opinion. And um, okay. But overall, he was, he, was, he was a safe pair of hands, but it wasn't spectacular. I don't think... What was interesting as well is I had a, someone come to me today that they they would get they gave man the match to Bettinelli for actually tweeting what he did yesterday. So it's that's an interesting vision perspective. Wow. The fact that wow. he had the balls to actually go on record and said actually he was he was fit and basically wasn't was was third choice keeper yesterday. So um, he had to give him man the match for having the balls to come out and say that. So um, but that's maybe another discussion about the yeah. whole Bettinelli incident and. 
which I'm a little bit bored of now in the last 24 hours. It's been everywhere there, my friend. All right. Here are some comments. These are interesting, and I'm read a few of them and get your thoughts on it. Let's start with Sergeant Fulham. This is underneath the poll results. Surrey looks class, and I think Chambers look good. Having said that, he was turned too easily for their first. You already said that, Amelia. Here's Neil D. Not Surrey. He doesn't appear to have the killer pass, though he is tenacious. Chambers for me. Very interesting. Twang says, Brian with Chambers not far behind. Both did well on their debuts. Hopefully, Brian's injury isn't serious. Can't believe Surrey leads the race at the moment. He clearly has quality and will come good, but he misplaced far too many passes today. Okay, before I go any further, thoughts on some of these uh, comments from uh, the members of uh, Friends of Home? Um, yeah, a bit about Surrey misplaced passes. Yeah, there were there were a few. Let's let's not be let's not you know let's not give him a hundred percent plaudit. Say you know he did give the ball away a few times, but he was trying to make something happen. He was trying to make trying to make those forward passes. He was trying to do the you know the, some of his beautiful passing with left, from the, the edge of his right foot was amazing. And there was one pass to I think it was to Cessna on top of my head yep. on the edge of his foot. He didn't even look. He just just flicked it with his foot, just with with beautiful style and technique. Uh, but he was always trying to make something happen. You know, he was always looking for the ball. And, and I said, when he, his link-up play with Kearney, Scherler and Mitrovic, that sort of dim, diamond triangle formation, that, that was, that, on another day, we would have scored and, and the game might have been a different result. Chambers, you know, steady. Brian, you know, you know steady first, you know, first game. For me, you know, too many long-range shots or, you know, kick, you know kicking a ball into to no man's land. Very much a championship type of football. You know, this is a different level, Joe Bryan. And so I fear that his injury might be a little bit extensive, might be out for a while, but especially the way, like I said, he reacted with his injury. He knew he's, he was in a lot of pain. But overall, I think the other things to take positives is you know, we had, you know, Sessignon, McDonald, Kenny, the guys who took us to this division, who've been there for the last two seasons, you know, fighting their balls out to get us promoted. They didn't disgrace themselves at this level. You know, maybe Kevin McDonald a little bit slow for this, you know, at times. Kearney, good first half. Second half, again, too slow. Sessignon will find it more difficult at this level, naturally. So, um, so yeah, so all learning curves of these these guys. But uh, overall, I think what the guys, friends of Fulham voters, are probably saying similar things to me, really. But it's it was difficult to find a standout man, per se. Seri, to me, was the most technical yesterday and, and offers the most potential in our team. Okay, excellent. I'm going to read a few more comments here. It's from General. Sari quite clearly head and shoulders above others. That said, he and Kearney need to get used to playing to uh, playing with each other. A few moments with one or the other got in each other's way, which disrupted the flow a bit. Chambers looked solid, and so did Maxine LeMachand in many ways. Was an added bonus that he and Sari had played before together at Nice, as there were a few moments their understanding came handy. I'm going to stop right there. What, what are your thoughts about the comments about LaMarchand playing with Sarri? I find that interesting. And also, Kearney and Sarri. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, we haven't, said, we haven't talked much about LaMarchand anyway, but um, similarly, I thought he looked fairly comfortable. There were a few moments when Sarri came to de- came to defend the ball and they were sort of, they got in each other's way. There was one, I think it was one incident when LaMarchand and Sarri both got in each other's way, then the ball ricocheted off wine and then went to a palace play. It was a bit of a little bit of a melee, really. So it's that was that was where there's, there's, we lost a bit of shape in that second half. And there were times, I think that's a fair point, when when Kearney and Seri were sort of 
both competing for the same board and both sort of needed to be away from each other. They were too close to each other. It just needs to be sort of, but that will come with time. As these guys get to know one another, the style of football, you know, you play to one another's strengths. We, we, will, we will see the team, the team gelling and, and structuring themselves a little bit better than they did yesterday. But there are encouraging signs. But first game of the season, things aren't always going according to plan. I think we've just got to be just a little bit grounded here. It's, yep. it's all is forgiven. Let's move on to the next game. We've got a tough game of the way to Tottenham next week, but <laughs> you'll, you'll see a few changes in that, in that lineup. Some will be enforced, but some equally, I think we might see a different style of football. And the thing we haven't talked about really is, you know, can we, in the way that we, we competed, the, the intensity of that first 30 minutes, how can we, is that a sustainable way of playing for 90 minutes in the Premier League? That's, that's something else we need to learn from as That's well. That's a great point because yeah, I was we, thinking about that while we were starting our show. Because we, we, we kept you know, focusing we on the first 30 up. minutes. Can you do that for 90 mm. minutes? Yeah, we, we're not going to be able to do that against better teams. And Christy, for example, was always looking to come forward. You know, and that's a positive. He looked, you know, he, he, at times he, had, he was quite calm on the ball. But sometimes the ball was getting lost in his feet, getting stuck in his feet. He gets dispossessed and we're out of position. So... A better team than Crystal Palace would would have punished us, you know, on, on numerous occasions yesterday because we were we were playing too expansively, too pushing up too aggressively, playing too intensively, and then we get dispossessed. And you know, if you get Man City, do that against Man City, oh. you'll be you, yeah. you'd, you'd get hammered. Yes. So that's a danger. We uh, more often than not, you can't play that level for ninety minutes. And and if you do play that level, you've got to make sure you keep ball. And we, sure. we were giving the ball away too. And our crossing wasn't good enough at times, and you get dispossessed out of position, and you're 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 putting pressure on your on your defenders. I totally agree with that. It's something to watch because while we were talking about it, I was thinking the same thing, Emil. Can they do this for a full ninety minutes? And uh, they're going to have to adjust to how the league is played. It's a different league, and and uh, they're going to face different challenges, and they're going to have to adjust their way they play a little bit. That's what I think. But we'll see. We'll see. What happens moving forward when they, you know, I think playing against Tottenham Hotspur will give us a good indication because they won't have the ball a lot. They'll have it a lot less than they certainly did here. And we're going to learn something from Fulham, I think, against Tottenham Hotspur. Hopefully it's not bad, but we'll see. I think we might learn some <laughs> positive things, but only time will tell that this is a true test coming up against Tottenham Hotspur. All right, my friend. Let's now focus on, uh, we want to talk a little bit more about the players, Amelia. I know we've just talked about them a little bit here with a, with a poll here, but let's talk about the debutants. Which of the new players stood out for you? Um, Seri, Stephen, obviously Seri, man of the match for me. You know, I think Sherla for his movement and certainly the first 35 minutes, there's that I'm excited, you know, I'm, lo- I'm looking forward to seeing him playing, linking up with Mitrovic and Kenny in and Seri going forward. Um, Chambers, I think you know, will probably start in, in, in the next game. So I think he's got Premier League experience. We saw some some composed defending yesterday, I but so. we also saw, we also saw maybe a slow a, a slow side of him there where he got caught out for the first goal. So hopefully that's just a one off first game of the season, a little bit rusty in a new team, but. Uh, that, I'm excited about that, and you know, Fabry. You know, I think we've said enough about him. And, um, Joe Bryan, up and down. You know, there were some composed moments, and there were not so composed moments. It's just, as I say, just a shame he's picked up an injury. But, sure. but give him, give him a 
a pat on the back for the fact that you know two days earlier, one minute he's going to Aston Villa, next minute he's, he's signed for Fulham, and he's next into the Premier League game against Crystal Palace. So talk about a roller coaster ride for me over the last few yeah. days. So um, you know, early it's early doors yet for for Joe Bryan. I'm, you know, I don't think I've seen okay. enough there to suggest he will be a regular. Okay, how about you on Le Marchand? We've been talking a little bit about him. Um, steady, you know, again, around a six out of ten. You know, I don't think he did too much wrong, but you know, I think let's let's see what he does against a team where they're going to stretch us when he's playing against more capable forwards, such as Harry Kane next weekend. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, let's, let's answer that question in seven days' time. I might give you a different answer. But I yes, like we did, he did much yes. wrong. Okay, didn't do much wrong. Okay, excellent, there, my friend. Let's talk about the players that helped us get to the Premier League. Our championship players that are now mm. in the Premier League that have have made that step up, they've earned it. How they fare in this match? Yeah, they, that's that's there. They did earn their rights to play yesterday, and they all look. They didn't look out of place, to be honest. Kenny still, you know, got the captain captain's armband still, so that's that's a statement of intent from Jokanovic. So, you know, he looked good first half, bit slow second half. So that's something he will need to work on. I'm not sure if he's still 100% fit. You know, he played at 75% fitness levels for the last set of... At times, he didn't look fit again yesterday. So, and, he, and he was pulling his leg and his calf a couple of times yesterday. So keep an eye on that. But, but he did disgrace himself yesterday. K-Mac got a yellow card for a, a first half foul. So he wasn't as effective second half because obviously he had the yellow card in the back of his mind. So and that's why he was maybe a little bit slow at times. So... You know, will Kevin McDonald play regularly in this in this in this team when all the players are fit? Mm, question mark there. Sure. Uh, Mitrovic did what he had to do. You know, he does what he does best. But you saw the Newcastle lament yesterday, where in front of goal, when you need him to be clinical, he wasn't. But I'm glad to see him back in the shirt. I like what he offers, but I need him to be also more effective where it counts in the six-yard box and make those opportunities count. And Ryan Sessegnon. We'll get better. We'll adapt to this division. His first touch of time is not so great. And he was out-muscled on a number of occasions. So he's not going to get as much space against good quality defenders. So, so again, so will we see Ryan Sessegnon score double-figure goals? Maybe not this season. So, But all of them did well first game of the season. I'm, and I'm proud that they're all still at the club. So, um, so, yeah, very pleased to see them still there. Okay, fantastic. Great analysis there, my friend. This has been fun to do. Let's end with talking about Slavisa a little bit. Give him a rating. I, you know, I don't think eight and a half, nine out of ten, really. To be honest, ever, you know, he, he had to choose a starting eleven with you know with players who've only just barely signed. Um, he's, he's 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 trusted and had faith in in th- four of the players that were playing last season. He's been brave to give deputants to a number of players. You know, what, what more do we want from him? You know, he, you know, we, we started with great intensity, played well for 30, 35 minutes, but, it, you know, it's not his fault that we weren't clinical in front of goal. Sure. Um, the substitutes, he tried to change it and put some attacking options on the pitch, and, you know, neither of them were effective. So you can't blame him for that, but he did the right things. He, he made some early substitutions, put Kamara on quite early on the hour. Um, but, you know, as much as I like to see Kamara, and he offers that a little bit differently, he, he didn't really do much for 30 minutes he was on the pitch. And Vieta did... I can't remember anything of note that he did either. So overall, 
I don't think Yukanovich did anything wrong. If, anything, if there's going to be some criticism from some of the fans, it might be why Bettinelli was on the bench. But sure. maybe that's a that's a spotlight discussion later this week, Russ. Maybe we can talk just <laughs> about the, the Bettinelli situation. Well, that's um, but yeah, I can't afford I can't afford Yukanovich. He, but uh, he he chose the team he thought was good enough to beat Crystal Palace, and you know for 30 minutes we we could have beaten them. But another day we would have won that game. But let's look forward to Tottenham next week. Okay, excellent. All right, my friend, let's wrap this up. I want to get your final thoughts and I'll share mine. Yeah, but overall, you know, disappointed. Actually, no one likes to lose their first game of the season, especially at home. But you know, let's not let's not forget three months ago, we were, we were playing in a playoff semi-final against Derby County, which we won and then had the luxury of a final at Wembley. So we've come a long way in a few months. It will take time to adjust. You know, we've got opportunities to win some games coming up, but... You know, Tottenham will be an interesting, you know, see how we respond against Tottenham. Right. But more importantly, the games after that, the ones which we need to be focusing on, you know, Burnley at home and Brighton away are both winnable. Yes. Um, by which time, hopefully, we've got some players um, more confident, more fitter. Um, we start to get, you know, we start to be a little bit more, uh, you know, looking for Mitrovic earlier. That's okay. We've got to play with more more, more temper at times. That, 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 that might be the difference. But Overall, not too disheartened. We're in the Premier League. Let's let's be raving about it rather than despondent about it. And we've still got 37 games of the season to go. So, um, yeah, I'm That's looking right. forward to it. And we'll be fine. We will be fine this season. Trust See, me, we'll you, be fine. you really uh, stole my thunder. That was going to be my final thought, actually. It was going to be, I think we're going to be fine. But I just want to just go a little bit more into that, Emil. Just to say a couple of things. First of all, this to me was welcome back to the Premier League because this is what the Premier League's all about. It's tough teams. doesn't matter who you're playing. It's going to be tough each and every week, each and every match. It's going to be difficult. But I was encouraged, even in a loss from what I saw, because we have so many new players. It's going to take them time. Mm-hmm. And uh, I like the style of play. I like the fact that they are continuing going on with the style of play. Will they have to adjust mm-hmm. over the course of the season? I think they will. And I hope that that's what we see. I'm not saying change in the style, but they're going to have to learn how to play when their style, when they're not allowed to play their style as much as they're used to. That will be the test. And it might happen this upcoming week, my friend. It could very easily happen. Exactly. So, and I think, me, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say the thing we're going to, but I think what will be difficult for us to accept is we will lose more games than we win. It's yes, how we're going we to have respond. to get used to that again. No. We're not going to win every game. We're not no. going to win 75% of our games. So we need to be able to find a way to put a disappointing defeat or any defeat for that matter behind us and move on to the next game and uh, turn that defeat into a victory. So that's exactly. that's the mentality. We've got to start, you know, there's got to be some sort of, sort of scientists, some therapy that we need to have with amongst our players is how do you how do you respond after a defeat and you will have right. to respond to more defeats than we've had to do in the last few seasons and that's that's the key to the division you've got the mental strength to recover from a defeat that's a great point pick yourselves up and win the next and win the next game because that 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 psychologically is a bigger part in successful in the Premier League than it is just purely winning games so it's it'll be interesting to see how the guys respond against Tottenham next week absolutely I am encouraged by what I've seen. I am encouraged. I, I think we're going to be fine, but I'm glad that you ended by talking about the mental aspect of this because let's be honest, it's going to be difficult getting anything at Tottenham. We could be heading into that Burnley match with two losses. 
And again, mm-hmm. they have to be mentally tough to then come out firing against Burnley. Again, that it's not a must win, but they need to start getting points. So we're going to learn a lot about Fulham in these upcoming matches, but I'm still encouraged by what I've seen. I know the result is not what we want, but mm-hmm. I look forward to this season. My friend, we're back in the Premier League. I'm going to enjoy it. I'm not going to worry about a 2-0 loss to Crystal Palace. Bring on Tottenham Hotspur. That's the way I'm looking at it. Listen, Amelia, thank you so much for doing these last two shows with me. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. So everyone, you know, please let us know your thoughts. Any 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 challenges to what we've said? Any thoughts? Please just please send them to myself and Russ and we'll be happy to to answer them back um directly to you guys. But yeah, we could just to see what the fans out there think. Okay. Fantastic. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of College Talk. For Amelia Donnell, I'm Russ Goldman. Thank you as always for listening to College Talk. It's the simple things that are oh so marvelous with rich, creamy, non-dairy Planet Oat oat milk. Like coffee, the first cup mixed with a little Planet Oat. That's pretty marvelous. Or Planet Oat in a bowl of cereal, sharing a laugh on Saturday morning. (laughs) But don't forget about mom's Planet Oat mac and cheese. It's so ooey gooey. Yep, there's so many moments that are more marvelous with Planet Oat. Rich, creamy, non-dairy oat milk. Oh, what a planet. When you shop at a Walmart Vision Center, you get it. You know that you'll spend a little less on stylish glasses for the whole family. Welcome to the Vision Center. Let me know if you need help finding the perfect frames. Hey, Mom, you were right. These glasses are cool. Hon, they take our insurance. That means Papa's getting a new pair, too. Whoa, glasses start at just $39. Next stop, groceries. So you can get a little more of what you need. Find a Vision Center near you. Save money, live better. Walmart. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.